Hi, I'm your host, Susan Nay. Welcome to the podcast series, HR Inside Out. It's a series designed to help you demystify HR and the human resource processes. We're going to talk about people management and get the goods on and see how all this stuff works. You're going to hear from everyday heroes and get their perspectives as we touch on a wide variety of topics, topics that impact us in our work and in our work environments. You'll find nuggets for your treasure chest of learning. Hopefully you'll discover insights for your personal and your professional growth. I'm glad you're here. I suspect it's because you want to be the very best version of yourself, your personal best, and that you get understanding these systems and processes will help you on your journey, on your path. You ready to dare to soar? Want to join me at flight school? Let's do this. Thanks for joining me today. Hi, Susan here. Hey, glad you could join me as we reflect on the really important topic of customer service today on the HR Inside Out podcast. I just returned from a truly delightful trip to England with my daughter to visit my daughter. And perhaps it's just that I don't get out enough, but I was really quite surprised and disappointed at the significant lack of care and attention, what we used to call customer service, that we often received. As examples, at British Airways in London, the weighing of your luggage, the putting the baggage tags on, the check-in are all now completely self-service. Yes, there are individuals there to help you if you um, are having trouble, but the expectation is that you pay attention to the instructions provided and only call them over if you can't manage on your own. Talking about airlines, Air Canada is certainly receiving some very bad press in the news these days for kicking people off the plane when they complained about the fact that they were being asked to sit in recently vomited on seats. I know I wouldn't have been happy to sit there and I found that the offering of blankets to cover the seats was apparently made after they had complained quite appalling. Another example, my daughter and I, one of whom really needed to get to the facilities uh, in our room, um, entered the hotel elevator, expecting to quickly arrive at our destination. But no, up and down the elevator we went between the ground floor and P3, the ground floor and P3, and then up to the ninth floor, desperately trying to get the doors open. When we finally buzzed the alarm uh, saying, hey, we've got a problem here, we were told, uh, yeah, we, we're on it. We've got somebody coming. Um, when we finally got out, we were very upset and were simply told, we're so sorry for the inconvenience. Now, we really felt that they should have roped off that elevator or put a note on there not to use it uh, for the fact that uh, you couldn't get out once you got in. A little like uh, being at Disneyland in, in the, the elevator. <laughs> and, you know, so we complained and we wanted to talk to the manager. We really felt that, um, and it's a nice hotel, that their attention to this uh, situation was was not appropriate. What we found is that the chill that we received from the entire staff for the duration of the time that we were there was 
awful, just awful. Obviously, the fact that we wanted to express that they could have done better was not being viewed as a way to improve their service. It was just, quite frankly, an inconvenience to them. Another example, and then I'll get on to more positive. In our increasingly online world, in attempting to book a car service to the airport, it appeared that the request had gone through, but I didn't get a confirmation, so I entered it again. And guess what? I got charged twice. Now, I did call the car service and explained what had happened. And when I got charged twice, the car service has been great. They sent me screenshots showing that they'd only actually received one payment. I didn't have the same success with my bank. I called the credit card number on the back of my, my visa. And it's, of course, an automated service. It took me many attempts before that automated service finally realized I needed to speak to a real life person. The first time the call got dropped. The second time, the individual I spoke to said, oh, you need to speak with disputes group. And since it's still a pending charge, there's nothing I can do about it. I just kind of expected that she would take it off my shoulders and make note, uh, follow up and get back to me. But instead, I was provided the telephone number of the disputes group and told to make the call myself. You know, we just we increasingly bag our own groceries. We do our own checkout. And the number of places in England, anyways, who don't even accept cash because that would actually involve them having to make change. Well, you can see where I'm going with this. It wasn't that long ago that I was hiring people to teach the skills of excellent customer service to staff. And in this era of global competition, one would think that that was still really important. And I'm aware of staff shortages and the growing need to hire individuals who need to learn the skills. They're in the process of being taught. But still, is it not possible to put a message on an answering machine or perhaps an email response saying when a callback or a, a text back can be anticipated? And the experience of true empathy when something does go wrong, because of course, things go wrong. And what happened to the days when raising a matter with somebody, like taking the time to say, hey, is no longer viewed as an opportunity to improve services. It's just viewed as an inconvenience. We all know what it feels like when someone takes that extra moment to ensure that all is well. My daughter and I walked into a church in Penzance. There's a group of women sitting around a table having coffee and we were welcomed without any pressure to do anything but enjoy the beauty of the building that they were also enjoying. It was one of the many highlights of my time away. Their positive energy was palpable. We have no idea what we actually express to others without saying a word. The way that my daughter and I were looked at by that hotel staff, I've already provided as an example. Completely opposite was the feeling that we received when, curious, we entered the doors of this ancient church, wishing to see the gorgeous stained glass windows inside. 
They didn't ask us for a donation. They joyfully answered our questions. It was obvious that they appreciated our taking the time to also honor the legacy and the history that was surrounding all of us. So what do you do when you're stressed and, and don't have time to provide the service that you wish to provide? Do you just slow down a little bit? Remember the same pace makes waste. Have you ever not taken the time to do something properly and then had to return to the job to fix your mistakes? I certainly have. I read a post on LinkedIn that talked about no one taking the time anymore to let individuals know why they haven't received the position that they applied for. Now, I know most people don't realize how many applications are received for positions and that contacting all of those applicants really just isn't possible. And that's why we do need to rely on technology and things like applicant tracking systems, which at least let the applicant know that their application has been received and that they will be contacted only if they are selected for an interview. I always made sure that anyone interviewed was called afterwards to let them know the outcome of the process, but that personal contact now, I know the only one that was ever happy with me was the person that got the job because the others were sorry but calls. But being prepared with the feedback on those sorry but calls often left a better feeling with the individuals. And I know there were lots of internal candidates who might otherwise have grieved recruitment decisions had they not provided guidance on the why of the decision and often they were open to it what might help them for the next time if they wish to apply again. It really didn't take that much time. And it really did build connection and care into a process that often doesn't feel like it. What about where you work? Are you able to provide the service that you wish? Or are you encouraged to rush things along? Someone I know has a core value of excellence. One that their employer also professes is a core value, a core corporate value. Yet they're also under pressure to take less time with their customers. It doesn't seem to matter to their employer that the work they do never has to be redone, that the quality of what they do leaves a very positive impression with their clients. That's a little confusing. What are your organization's values and is there consistency with what you and your teams that you work with are expecting to provide? These are really important questions, not only for the people that we serve, but also for engagement levels within our organizations. As an HR professional, I actually felt sorry for the hotel staff. We had requested to speak with their manager. We raised matters that should have been taken care of. And in these days of social media, we could have used the opportunity to absolutely trash the place. We did the appropriate thing by speaking with the individuals involved. The manager actually got called from a meeting to meet with us as we exited the hotel when we were leaving. So he had taken our complaint seriously and wished to speak with us. What we don't know is the kind of manager he is towards his staff. By their demeanor towards us and his assurance that the CTV camera footage would be reviewed with regard to the matter, perhaps there was fear of reprisal rather than our intent 
that the handling of the matter could have been done so much better. Improvement, not punishment. What do you do or experience when someone takes the time to express concerns over the service that they've received? Do you see it as a, an opportunity to potentially improve? And yes, I'm very aware that there are some individuals who can never be satisfied, no matter what you do. I'm not talking about those situations. When you say you're going to deliver something, do you follow through? Or, like the fellow who asked if we minded if he smoked while we were eating our lunch and then lit up anyways, do you not really listen? And kudos to my daughter who, as we were leaving, said to him, he shouldn't really ask if he wasn't interested in our response. <laughs> that surprised him. And it really takes so little to leave a positive impression. The organizations that get this and allow that latitude to their staff are the ones that I'll return to. And they're one, the ones that I will also encourage people to work at. They're the ones that we love to be associated with. When was the last time you were offered training in what excellent customer service looks and feels like? On a quick internet search, I see that there are still organizations offering it. And I see articles outlining the benefits. As an example, Investopedia cites customer retention, employee retention, troubleshooting and problem solving. Customer service leads to referrals, boosts the brand, increases customer lifetime value, and influences corporate culture. Now, that seems to me like enough to make it worth an organization's while. To enhance customer service, Investopedia suggests consideration of service personalization, speed, providing an option for self-service, listening, empathy, and being proactive. I received service personalization when restaurants were attentive to my need for gluten-free options and warned against the possibility of cross-contamination where that was a concern. I didn't experience speed from my bank, who left it to me to follow up rather than making a note and doing this for me. I did experience speed in moving customers along when, for example, British Airways had me do self-service or when buses expected me to tap my credit card rather than pay for my ride by cash, although they did accept cash payments. I like that there be an option for self-service and I emphasize the word option. As people oversight professionals, as your organizational world start to engage more self-service options, are you ensuring that your staff teams understand how to use the technology or the service that you're automating? As an example, do your employees even understand your health benefit plans that are going into use of more technology and self-serve? Do they know how to make their personal selections and, and what those look like? Are they aware that they need to actually go in and add their new baby to their coverage or delete coverage of a partner in a, in a, a partnership split? Listening and empathy, always important. I've heard the customer is always right. Well, the customer isn't always right, but the customer does need to have their concerns heard. I love Stephen Covey's principle in his book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Seek first to understand and then to be understood. 
It does indeed build trust, helps resolve conflicts, and helps find those win-win solutions. And thank you to the dictionary definition of empathy, that it involves the ability to sense, understand, and share the feelings and emotions of others from their perspective. It is essentially being able to place yourself in someone else's shoes and feel what they might be feeling in the situation. And it is, and I continue with the definition, a critical human skill that can positively impact our relationships, well-being, and ability to connect with others. Think back to a time where you have really felt heard, where you felt that the person you were speaking to really got you in the situation that you were in. I took a tumble when I was in London. I, I missed stepping up on a curb and ended up sprawling across the sidewalk immediately in front of two construction workers. Very embarrassing. Now, I pulled a muscle in my leg and I scraped my elbow, so I wasn't actually able to stand up and was bleeding. Their reaction to assure me that they were there to help, to make me feel less embarrassed because they said, it was just us that saw you. Yes, I must have looked ridiculous. These two could have walked away. Instead, they put themselves in my shoes. I felt cared for. They even offered the services of their first aid attendant and time to collect myself in their construction office. David Burrow, foreman on the job. Still remember his name. Kind, compassionate. Perhaps not customer service per se, but a true example of empathy and kindness. And you know, if I'd been looking for a construction company to hire, his actions would have pushed my interest in considering him or them, the company, way up the scale. You never know. Stranger things have happened in life. And finally, as part of the definition, being proactive, <laughs> another quick internet search. Defined as acting in anticipation of future problems, needs, or changes. What is there about the situation that you can control or influence? It is about addressing issues before they arise. If the hotel had cordoned off the elevator, our situation would have never arisen. Now, I obviously took more care in watching where I stepped, giving me uneven paving stones and unusual curbs after my tumble. And Air Canada, should have anticipated that the passengers in the vomit-covered seats would not have been happy about it and been proactive about what they could have done ahead of time to deal with the matter. Customer service is often about learning from adversity and doing things differently as a result. It's important. And it is all about who we are as individuals and how we present ourselves and our organizations to the world. Borrowing from Mahatma Gandhi, be the change you want to see in the world. What does this mean? It's all about leadership. What might you be able to do to influence the service you and your organization provide? And do any of the experiences that I've shared in the podcast resonate with you? I know that there are many times that I could have provided better service by being more available, by listening deeper, or perhaps even offering a smile and clarification on what I could and couldn't do in that moment. Any of those might have made a more positive outcome. What about you? Hey, thank you for taking the time to join me today. 
I hope I've left something for you to consider and to reflect on. And remember, dare to soar. Believe you can. I do. It's Susan signing out till next time. Have a great rest of your day. Take care, everyone. Well, we've reached our destination for today. Time to lower those wheels and prepare for landing. Thank you for joining me. If I said something that resonated with you, please subscribe to the podcast and to share it with others. It would be awesome if you also took the time to provide a review, whatever your favorite social media sites are. If you have a question or an area that you hope I'll cover in a future session, please send me a note either to my website, www.effectingchangefromwithin.com or to my email, susangene at gmail.com. I look forward to our next time together. In the meantime, soar high. I believe you can. Susan signing off. Thanks again for joining me.